Hello, welcome. Before we get into this week's episode, we want to remind you that while the show will always be free, we also have a Patreon where you can get even more fandom. Please visit patreon.com forward slash the fandom show where for a couple of bucks a month, you can listen to episodes early. You can get random fandom mail from us. You can check out our nerds letter or listen to our patron exclusive, The Fan Club, where we watch movies one of us loves and the other has never seen. For this month's choice, we actually watched Zoolander, which uh, shockingly Kaya had never seen, but uh, remains to this day, in my opinion, a cultural staple of 2001. Uh, Once more, that's patreon.com forward slash the fandom show. But you're also already doing the most supportive thing, which is just listening. So thank you. And now to our episode. Hello, 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 and welcome to The Fandom Show, the podcast where we learn about fantastic fandoms by talking to our favorites about their favorites. I am Kaya Green. And I'm Stephanie Mallet. And today we are finally getting to the bottom of the question, who watches The Watchmen? Except probably we aren't, because it's kind of uncertain. It's Alan Moore's Watchmen. That's what we're doing today. Steph, what do you know about the graphic novel Watchmen? Absolutely nothing. Nothing? I know it's a graphic novel. Wait, have you never read it? Nope. I've never read it. I know a guy has uh, inkblot face. I know there's a blue man. We own a copy of this. I know. I am literally just discovering this right now. (laughs) I have never read it. I've never watched it. I know nothing about it other than uh, emo dudes seem to love it. I mean, that's not wrong. <laughs> You're absolutely not wrong about that. Uh, what do you know about Watchmen? Well, I've read it a couple of times um, because I kind of was under the impression that most people had. <laughs> Here's the thing, Kaya. I refuse to be like everyone else. Yeah. Not by choice, <laughs> by accident. Um, yeah, I, I've read it a couple of times. I think uh, it's one of those books that sort of you figure out more and more the more you read it, I think. But I know that it's sort of uh, one of the most critically acclaimed graphic novels of all time. I know it was on uh, Time 100's top uh, list or the list for... T- Time 100's top novels ever written. There we go. Ooh. Um, yeah, pretty impressive. And not even not, graphic novels, nope, just, just novels. Just novels. I think the first version of that list, it was the only graphic novel on there. And now I think there's others. I'm pretty sure there's others. Yeah. Whose voice is that, Kaya? <laughs> well, Steph, you know who knows a lot about this subject? <laughs> I do. It's Alex Kalenko. He's an actor, comedian from Toronto. He co created and runs the show The Disaster, <laughs> as well as performed in multiple cities around North America with his troupe Fake Cops. He's also part of sketch group Public Works, who are prepping to release a new show called Hamilton for Yes TV. Alex, how's it going? It's called Let's Gentrify Hamilton. We're, well, not, we're, not, we're not releasing Lin-Manuel Miranda. It would have been really helpful to have a biography. <laughs> uh, I didn't do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, okay, so as you said earlier, it was uh, uh, Time 100s. Yeah, I, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that one. Uh, that, but it, it's, on, it's on the list. It, I believe it was the only graphic novel on the list for the first version of it, but they've since updated it and added more because I believe... Um, Jimmy Corgan, Smartest Man, right. smart, World's Smartest Child, Smartest Kid on Earth. I can't remember the subtitle of that. I believe that one's on there as well. And I th- think there's a Will Eisner graphic novel on there as well. But that makes sense. Interesting. I don't remember. An excellent correction. Sorry, I couldn't acknowledge it at the time because we're a slave to the structure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you brought the worst person for that. I, 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 hope, I, I hope you guys don't edit the intro. I hope you guys leave the intro in the way that I made it, which yeah. is me screaming <laughs> through your intro. That's true. Hey, we love the chaos. That's uh, that's why we're bringing you in. Okay, so, so Alex, let's pretend someone listening to this has never heard of Watchmen. I don't know who that could be. It's um, truly shocking that you have not read Watchmen. I, I don't know what to say look for at, myself. Look at you, and like it's just it's just <laughs> shocking. It's just shocking that like. As a teen, some boy you had had a crush on you and just hand you Watchmen at some. They were point. all anime fans. They were too busy looking at uh, Neon even Genesis Evangelion. Like, even if they're a fan of that, they're a fan of this. They might have been, but we were stuck on. Anyway, sorry. What was your question? I'm just. I'm how still would stuck you on quickly you explain uh, the premise of Watchmen to someone who's never ah, heard of that? Ooh. you know, someone like Steph? Quickly, um, <laughs> it's one of those things that's like, it's about everything. You know, one of those books. Uh, but the premise basically is uh, there are superheroes. They, uh, oh God, it's so much. Okay, there are superheroes. Then what happened is uh, in the 60s, they were banned and they could not be vigilantes anymore. Some of them were for the government, some of them didn't. The book starts with one of the superheroes getting killed and then the uh, Rorschach, the Kind of like Batman analog is the best He's way. He's blobface. That's blob ink face. Yeah. face. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But kind of like a like a. Well, as, as she's the question analog, that's a whole different. 
it's, it's Alan Moore making fun of Steve, Steve Ditko. That's a whole different thing. Um, but then he decides to figure out who's killing, that some, he thinks there's a conspiracy happening, that someone's killing superheroes. It all takes place in the 80s on the backdrop of the Cold War heightening higher and higher. And instead of a nuclear bomb, well, the, the, the nuclear bombs are part of it, another superhero, Dr. Manhattan, who's the only one with actual superpowers. Is that the blue guy? Big blue man. That's blue guy. The only guy with actual it. superpowers is... Um, making sure that uh, uh, America takes over the world and wins the Cold War in uh, one of the back matter sections. There's one of my favorite lines where uh, uh, earlier in the issue they say, uh, when when the news reporter on Dr. Manhattan, they said God is real uh, and he is American. And in the back matter, actually I said God is real and he is American. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, and then, uh, spoiler alert, there's no way we're gonna get through this thing without talking about spoilers. <laughs> That's kind of like the setup of it. Um, the spoiler alert is, uh, then it turns out to be the the rich guy had planned this all, is, was planned, was killing superheroes, people who knew too much, mm. because he was setting up a fake, like a kind of false flag of a giant alien destroying all of New York, killing tons of people, so that the Cold War is mended as the two nations try to uh, kill this alien race or prepare for this alien race coming. That does not exist. And the rich guy is one of those superheroes. And the rich guy is one, well. was one of the original superheroes. Yes, Ozymandias. Yeah. What color or face is he? Uh, well, so sort I of think... a purple uh, gold? Ri ri rich guy is kind of also a takedown of Batman in that, like, the joke being that, like, Batman has, like, a secret identity. But if Batman was a real billionaire, he wouldn't. He'd be like, I'm a billionaire. I'm a billionaire, <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm man. more I'll powerful as a billionaire than <laughs> I am as a superhero. So all the superhero stuff is... Uh, kind of like marketing mm. of his billionaireness. Got it. But, but he, he's very obsessed with Ozymandias and kind of such a dumb joke. Which is, do you know the Ozymandias poem? I yes. don't. Uh, so the it's. Uh, what do you what do you read? It's been <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's when you see people with on the subway. Yeah, 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 that's the classic. Through Just the casual read. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's the it's the. Uh, the poem is a guy in the desert finds the base of a statue, and on the statue it says, my name is Audimanius, look upon my works in despair. But the, the city that was once there is long gone, and that he, the, he, there's impossible for immortality. And the joke of it is, like the very dry joke, is that he calls himself Ozymandias because he never finished reading the poem. And he just thought Ozymandias was this cool guy who lived forever. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and, uh, 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 yeah, so like, it's like, so he's a lot of like, like kind of like vaguely ancient Egyptian or Sumerian kind of iconography around his stuff, but it's well, mostly like marketing. Cats and sphinxes and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. got it. It's all ostensibly if Jeff Bezos was like, I'm a superhero now. Yeah, that's great. Same same general concept. Can't wait for 2024 when that's probably inevitably going to happen. But so that's like the 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 nuts and bolts. Okay. Right. Okay. There's also Night Owl and Silk Spectre. Don't need to get into them. There's also a whole comic within a comic about uh, pirates. Don't need to get into that. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, the idea is that like if superheroes were real, no one would read superhero comics because like no one reads like like, like like it's the real thing. Watchmen is about is about two things. It's about uh, uh, what is the psychology of the police and the government that lead to control, and why are we all humans built to control other people? Like why is that a thing that we absolutely must do? And the other thing is comics are really bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's 1980-something. It was released over across many years. It's 1984-ish. Uh, and comics are really bad. And Alan Moore wants to be like, okay, comics were originally just printed on trash, super cheap, made for children. They're fun oddities. We should, If you're a comic writer, you should be making either fun stuff. Unfortunately, kids don't read comics anymore. They're very expensive. They're tough to get. They're in little nerd holes. And adults are reading it. Well, then let's write stories for adults then. Got it. And so this is his shift of taking like these superheroes, in the, like a lot of iconography from superheroes and a lot of uh, uh, very pulp iconography and making it be like, it's for adults now. This is what adults look like. And then everyone took the wrong lesson. <laughs> oh, they were like, <laughs> yes, this is wonderful, more of this. And then, and then so you got a lot of grim, dark superheroes. And, uh, uh, Everyone being like, I want to be just like those guys. They're so cool. Yeah, like like the idea that like Rorschach is idolized as like a like people are like oh like Alan Moore will tell the story of like oh I, I was at the convention they all say I don't I shouldn't do the voice but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was where's he from? Uh, North 
like North Northampton, I think, like North North England. Okay, 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 great, great. Right. <laughs> now um, please continue with the voice. <laughs> oh, I was at a convention. You know, all these sweaty nerds come up to me and tell me they are lies Rorschach, and I don't understand. He's a bad guy. He lives. A, he lives on. Uh, he's basically homeless. Lives on a mattress. Has no girlfriend. Eats beans. Smells bad. Everyone hates him. <laughs> oh, it makes sense why these nerds would like Russia. <laughs> Alan Moore, is that you? Oh my God! How did oh we my get God. you? From this wow, this is huge for us. Oh my God! So, how did you get into this? What's your origin uh, story? So, uh, I'm dyslexic, and at the I could read really young. Like I read oh. like single words really young, and then something flipped, and I like kind of lost the ability to read. Uh, and so the solution at the time was to give me comics that like that was like just early '90s like parenting thing of like if your kids dyslexic like it's like this is like a rare case of like you don't like you're not really like, born with dyslexia it's kind of like a thing you like your brain develops into oh, okay. uh, oh interesting uh, apparently I, I didn't know that either I, I also like. Keep in mind, this is the science of like 1993. Yeah, right, right, right. So, cut, so cutting edge. So yeah. cut it, like right in the fucking. Um, <laughs> the and uh, uh, so I read a lot of comics when I was like a, a kid, because to try and like jumpstart my reading again. Your parents didn't start with Watchmen, did they? No, no. And then, uh, and then I played later on in life. I played basketball, and I hated basketball. I hate all sports. I'm not a. I'm here to talk about comics in depth. I'm not a sports <laughs> fan. And and uh, 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 a guy on my basketball team's dad owned the comic book store in Etobicoke, and we go after sometimes to buy like like Yu-Gi-Oh cards or something. And sick hookup as a kid. And yeah, and 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 like, and I would get like little comics here and there. And then I think he saw this very interesting, but I was getting very bored of like. Comic comics. I can, I can talk pretty at length about Spider Man. I've read like most of Spider Man, and I think around this time, I was growing out of the grim dark '90s and the comics itself, like the mainstream comics itself, I kind of lost its direction. I think the the best version would be like Marvel Knights did like a relaunch. I'm in the weeds, um, and uh, uh, he kind of saw that and he gave me uh, Why the Last Man. The first oh yeah. yeah, which is I, I quite liked Brian K. Vaughn's stuff. Yeah, I love that book. And then I had a crush on a girl who was reading Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, which is the uh, Jovan Vasquez comic that he did before Invader Zim. And uh, I was like, how about a comic? I'm not sure comics. And I just went in and I was like, what's like a good like adult comic? <laughs> 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 and then he gave me Watchmen. Amazing. And. Uh, uh, yeah, and then and then I read. I really connected with it on a very superficial level the first time. I don't think I quite got it. Well, which, how old were you? Twelve. Uh, yeah, okay, that tracks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, so you didn't understand the nature of corruption and power at twelve? Wild. Yeah, I read a lot of comics. <laughs> <laughs> I had an idea. I think I know. <laughs> I think I, I, think I had it on yeah. lock. Um, Honestly, your understanding at twelve was probably on par for what mine is now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I think I connected with like the kind of like. Uh, deconstruction of superheroes was something that I was bored of, and I I kind of stopped reading comics. And I was only reading Ultimate Fantastic Four at that time, and then um, uh, tang tangential to that, uh, we're talking like now it's like early two thousands, and like the idea of a graphic novel is very popular, and like the more like arty, like drawn and quarterly and fanographics comics, right. And that's uh, when, like, Sin City was coming out as a movie, too, I think, in the early 2000s, right? Yeah, this would be a little before it. Right, yeah. right, right. Because um, uh, I remember that's when I realized graphic novels were even a thing. That's oh, like really? 2005, maybe? Yeah, yeah, 2004, yeah. 2005. I'm sorry. Because it was after Lord of the Rings, and Elijah was trying to make uh, sure that he go. wasn't coming across as just this innocent little guy. Right, anymore. right, of course. That does that's make sense. That's why I know. <laughs> anyway. Um, and uh, my mom would get me books in the library, that, and she could not remember the word graphic novels. She kept calling them adult comics. Oh, uh, that's different. <laughs> and, and so, uh, uh, she has a great story of her going to uh, chapters and asking for their adult comics, and the woman being like, "Man, this is a family store." Oh, like, oh no! Like, oh, that's devastating. And her being like, "You know, like not superhero comics. Do you mean graphic novels? Sounds right." <laughs> like, yeah, that one. Um, and uh, uh, so I was reading a lot of like heftier comics. And but I kept going back to Watchmen enough that my dad would make fun of me, and be like, "Well, you're not done that one yet," because <laughs> I'm always like such a dad move. I'm always like walking around with Watchmen. He's like, "How many times are you gonna read this stupid book?" And then as I read, and as I got older and read it, and like three years, uh, I was like, "This is a 
I don't know. I, I, there's a lot there, which like I can talk about the very heady themes, but it is very uh, at its core, kind of emotional in a in, in a weird way that there's not a lot of books about the abstract fears that you have of like that you have no control over, like the abstract fears of being destitute and poor, the abstract fears of nuclear apocalypse, the abstract fears of like of like. Oh my ball! I'm getting older. A lot of existential dread. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's not a lot of like, like yes, there's like books about that. There's not a lot of like books that are entertaining and moving and not just like a guy sitting there thinking. Which let me get me. It sounds like I don't like those books, buddy. Do I love a guy sitting there <laughs> I was thinking? Say, I know for a fact you love those books. <laughs> I love a guy sitting there thinking books. Um, ooh, ooh, ooh! I can't wait for a man mm. to just monologue for two chapters. Mm, yeah, let's do some tasty Kafka. <laughs> let's get it. <clears throat> Does he just look at an ocean for 30 pages? Mm. Yeah, stare into that void, baby. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, I think this is rare that you have that. And uh, uh, then in university, I took a class, like an elective class on like comics. And uh, one of the comics was Watchmen that we took read. And it was like more like, she was using it, or it was on popular lit. So it was like, what's like the popular literature thing through the ages? Like, the last book we read was Harry Potter, and the first book we read was Frankenstein. So God. did you go to Toronto Metropolitan University? Yeah, and uh, would, did you take this class? I No, but I, I wanted uh, to. I couldn't uh, get into it. That's uh, <laughs> uh, I met our mutual friend Ashley. Was oh, the, yeah, that makes uh, sense. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, and uh, uh, I wrote a whole, quite the essay on people, on the different characters' perception of time and how that plays into their specific fears uh, through Watchmen, because I read an interview with Alan Moore where he talked about time, like time perception is the key to the psychology of all the characters. I didn't know what he meant, so I spent all this time writing this massive essay on it. And do you stand by it today? Yeah, have you reread it since? Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, I would never. Uh, <laughs> I don't I, need I, to I, st I stand that. by with like my memory of some of the points. Of like, <laughs> I stand by with like Night Owl thinks about the past and thinks about the mistakes he's made, so now he's impotent. I stand, mm. and like that's like the key he's trying to make. The same way that like um, Ozymandias is always thinking about the future, which is why he does not care the cost of uh, his plans for the future. Right, because the present isn't real. Only the, the present, future. yeah, all, yeah. He, all he has is future. And then the bigger key is like Doctor Manhattan experiences all time at once. Like he sees the whole thing. Is Dope. It? Which is a very um, comics look of the world like a, so Alan Moore comes out of like the 80s UK comics which is a very a very different history uh, than than American comics and like Japanese comics where um, instead of selling like, individual issues they would sell these like kind of comic magazines like to, like 2080 with like Judge Dredd and whatnot is like from that like Judge Dredd was a story in these magazines but they were also targeted to like a wider variety of people like in in America, we have the comics code, and those comics were very much targeted at like kids, like six to tw like six to ten. Yeah, Got it was it. always a young audience. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then in the UK, it was like they had like kids comics, and then because there was like kind of this magazine system, they would also have like teen comics to try and like hold on to this like market share. Would you yeah. call them like adult comics? <laughs> oh, they, well, then they'd have those too. But you got to go behind a curtain to get them. Is this like similar to the the Japanese manga like similar, uh, similar. magazines that they put? Uh, out? Uh, similar, but different in that like they'd be employed again to the labor of it. Like whereas like in like Shogun Jump, right? Yeah. Like if their comic doesn't get voted, they're just done. Got it. And in this, it's like you're kind of employed by the the publisher. So you're one of the like columnists, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. You're, 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 it's closer oh. to like an actual magazine structure Got than, it. The, okay. than like the Japanese oh, interesting. structure. Um, which I think, which I think leads to like different types of stories being told. Absolutely. Because like they know they're kind of employed, so they might have like you read like some of those earlier UK stuff where it's like kind of broken up into like ten-ish page chunks because they didn't have to do like every month; they had a little more time. Um, uh, uh, they might have like 10 pages where like not a lot of plot happens, but like character stuff happens. Yeah. So it's like it's a different kind of pacing. Yeah. And you can pace it out yeah. slower if you want to for the yeah, sake yeah. of your story. Because yeah. And then have like, then, then have like a whole beat down action scene in the next one. Whereas like, a sh like if you read like, like an ant, like a, like a manga that's like, especially, especially ones like say published in Shogun Jump. Yeah. Is like every five pages, someone's punching somebody. Yeah. Because they got to <laughs> keep you coming gotta, back gotta, for gotta more. Keep coming back. Yeah. That explains um, so much about anime. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, 
the 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 a lot of those guys that came from that of like like Grant Morrison, Alan Moore, probably the biggest ones, but there's other ones. A lot of those guys that came from that uh, were obsessed with uh, like occult magic, and uh, I'm interested. Uh, you know, like doing like ritual, especially like chaos magic, because they view the comic as this like ritual of that. Like, although the like I am I am making symbols on a page that you perceive as reality, that you perceive as people that you perceive as movement, even though they're not moving. If you have like two images next to each other, you perceive the movement there. Yeah. Um, and so the idea of a character seeing all time at one is so tied into that occult magic that like, like yes, Dr. Manhattan was probably one of the first characters that an American audience would deal with at that. But I know for a fact you go look up like old letters to the editor and like comic magazines in the UK. They're like, what a hack idea. <laughs> this guy sees all <laughs> time. A, a I new guess. blue yeah. man who sees Typical. all time as one. I guess it's now a blue man instead of a man in a blue box. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who cares? Blah, blah, blah. And everywhere they know everything. I, I imagine that this particular book, like, Obviously, it's still beloved, and it's still very like yeah. well read. There's still sad teens looking for comics to impress girls, yes. picking up Watchmen uh, to this day. Tale as old as time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I feel like so much of pop culture, like you can really see the origins of a lot of different stories in Watchmen. Yes, but because I, I, they were deconstructing the stories that came before, and so I think you see a lot of. It's I have a tough time drawing straight lines to that. I think you can draw straight lines to the thing Watchmen is referencing. Right. More than the more than more than the, more than to Watchmen itself. There is a what you will see in, in comics, particularly American comics, particularly American like independent comics like Image um, or some, or some guys like Tom King writing right now. For those who don't know, um, Image uh, some books that Image does yeah, just Saga was one of them. Saga, saga, saga is one. Image is an interesting publisher where like you have Marvel, right? You have like all these like superheroes, or whatever, or even you have like um, like Dark Horse is like yep. they're all employed by well, Dark, Dark Dark Horse or something. And Dark Horse does a lot of like TV show adaptations and stuff. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, I think they did the original like Star Wars comics. Yeah, they, they do the Buffy, Buffy comics. They do the Buffy yeah. comics. Yeah, and then like, uh, but they also like have Hellboy and like yep. Goon and like these like very artist driven long series. But they're hired by Dark Horse. Image is effectively a like label almost and that like mm. and like, everything's creator owned on the label oh, so they, cool. they basically own the distribution of it and I think it's something you just sell a thousand comics to make your money back of each individual issue whoa I genuinely didn't know that and uh, I can get into this oh god I told you this was going to be <laughs> more about comics than Watchmen and you said can you keep me on track and then here you are asking me about the biggest labor <laughs> shift in comics. Yeah, okay, that's on me. That's on, we did have a discussion beforehand where Alex did warn me that this was going to get really meta and cosmic, <laughs> and so, so that's that's my job, not your job. You, um, you keep talking. But anyway, uh, 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 so that um, they they have their issues here and there, and like and like they decide what to publish. Like it's like some level of quality and some level of like proof that you can do it, um, but. Uh, 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 that's like, like it, so image has like a, a much right now it's kind of like aesthetic is very pulpy, like very like, right. Like a, a lot of like crime comics and such, but like it, it went through shifts. Like when it first started, it was mostly superhero stuff. Um, but like, I, I couldn't imagine them publishing a superhero, like a straight up superhero thing. Now that'd be wild. And, uh, but anyway, you'll see these guys, uh, clearly referencing more the structural elements of Watchmen. So like Tom King's a great, a great example. That no one, maybe the only the person who worship, who like has read this book as many times as I have is Tom King. Of that like <laughs> he's making all these comments with nine panel grids. Like <laughs> he's some sort of it's like he's some sort of Dave Gibbons. Um, I, I am going to ask a follow up question about Dave Gibbons, Gibbons but uh, yeah, finish yeah. your thought. Uh, 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 and because I got, I've explained what I'm, uh, the whole the entirety of Watchmen, every page is based on a nine panel grid. And the idea is to give it a very documentary feel, but really the uh, really the secret trick they're playing, if you read the whole thing, is that you never have less than like four panels, I think is like the, the minimum number of panels they had on any page until you get to the last chapter, where you see the, the alien has destroyed all of New York, and then it's like six full page panels. So it feels much bigger and much scarier. Mm, that's a, little, trick a that's little, little trick they're playing. Um, but you, you can do a lot with a nine panel grid. That being said, if you're an artist, and someone hands you a script with nine pan panels on it, 
you say, fuck you. <laughs> You're not paying me enough. Oh, sorry. You're not paying me enough to do nine panels. <laughs> well, what's a typical spread? Uh, like an average five, 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 six? Five, uh, like, a, like a five is a pretty common number. Okay. Um, like five and less, is, especially at the time, is pretty common. Got it. Um, well, uh, yeah. Also, didn't... Um, I, Dave Gibbons, for those who don't know, was the artist for this yeah. book. Um, and didn't Alan Moore like just hand him like long screeds of text? Yeah, so um, an, that Alan he had to script, an Alan Moore script is famously um, very long. So the first issue of Watchmen is 24 pages, I believe. Uh, nearly every page is nine panels in that particular issue. Um, and he handed him something like a 200 page script, uh, all typed out, single space. What the no, fuck? No paragraph break. Oh my God. Absolutely unhinged. And then, uh, like, and, and he didn't use a, he, he still uses a typewriter, I believe, to this day. I know, I think, no, I know his last thing he did, the novel he did, he switched to computer because. That's uh, kind of him to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if anyway. You, like, uh, if, you've, if, if you've never seen a comic book script, I recommend looking one up and then thinking about how long 200 pages would be oh, in oh comparison to that. Well, he's like describing like everything in the panel, like, like 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 the way the cup needs to fall and whatever and um so he knows exactly what he wants it to look like he's just unable to do it himself so therefore he's leaving well, nothing to the well, imagination well then he also famously in that script all over the place is things like but yeah you're the artist so like do whatever <laughs> <laughs> but also this cup like, has like, to like, be whatever purple. like you 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 do the visual shit but this is like what i'm thinking and like also, i kind of love that honestly like the first page is something like 20 pages and if you've read Watchmen, the first page is just a like a hat, like a smiley face button with a spot with a little of, blood, with a little blood, and it just for uh, seven panels pulls out, like it's just like you're just farther and farther away <laughs> from the thing until you get to the very top, and two cops looking down, going, "Ooh, quite the fall!" and then at the window that he was kicked out of, and that's the whole first page, and it's only like twenty pages to describe. Oh my god, my for, lord! <laughs> um, and uh, also the the. The only real thing that Dave Gibbons said to Alan Moore after the first one of like how to like I, I like this script's unwieldy wasn't that it was too long. It was that please put page numbers on there. Because <laughs> it was just two hundred <laughs> loose pages, no paragraph oh breaks. Oh my god. If you dropped them, it if would you take dropped, a week to pick them up. He would you would say like like the first he, st- he was reading them and then he started realizing no page numbers. He started quickly numbering all the pages because he started having like intrusive thoughts of like, I'm going to drop this. Oh my gosh. And there's no way to put this puzzle back together. Oh God. <laughs> like that that really says a lot for the like depth of writing that that was the primary concern. Yeah, yeah. And then like uh, uh, also, because uh, again, he's a mechanical typewriter, there'd be letters punched through the page because he was just like pounding it oh. so hard. Wow. <laughs> <Holy> shit. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, I'm going to pull this back a bit onto yeah. it. Um, have you watched the movie and the television adaptations? What do you think of those in comparison to the comic? Um, oh, I was hoping you wouldn't ask about But this. you knew I had to. Yeah, I know, I, I know, you had I know. to know. Uh, so the movie, I don't hate as much as other people do. I think it's it's faithful to a fault. It's faithful to oh, a fault. Oh, like, I have just a little but, too accurate? That's so what I've heard about it. The big idea of so much of the story is told through comics about comics in a very comic-y way. And that like the way all these beats work could only really work in a comic. It's like trying to like make a script out of like poetry where part of it is like, I, I, yeah, you don't describe the image, but you describe like the feeling of the image and then like yeah. the shot of it isn't gonna be this. Like, it's not gonna, gonna evoke right. it just yeah. by showing so, the like, thing. The, the movie's quite boring if you haven't read the comic because like, it doesn't work. Like it just doesn't yeah. fucking work. Yeah. Uh, so, like for example, like a major thing that keeps coming back through in the comic is like having a conversation happen, and then you see uh, the conversation will move to like captions, and you'll be seeing other stuff. Yeah. And the caption, the dissonance from the captions of the conversation is doing like plot work for you. Um, so like someone will be saying like. Uh, I, can't, I can't think of a good example, but that, you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then, so you can't really do that in a movie, and it's doing actual plot work. Yeah. Uh, or like emotional work or, or giving interiority or something. That like, is that, I don't know how you, I just can't. Yeah. And so yeah. like, so it's like a tough thing. So for years, Alan Moore would call up, so famously Alan Moore um, doesn't like his stuff being adapted to movies. And uh, D- 
DC Comics <laughs> disagrees. Oh, and, <laughs> as you can see from them adapting everything. And then, basically. so he's never in the credits. Like, he, like part of his agreement is like, don't pay me. I don't want to be in the credits. It's not my work. I don't want anyone to see my name attached yeah. to this dribble. Um, Wild. I love it. Uh, <laughs> of course. And uh, so, but he would famously call it for Watchmen specifically, which is like the most comic-y comic that he has. Like from hell, you could make an adaptation. Again, it'd be kind of boring. That's not really what the book is. Yeah. Or like, not everything needs to be adapted like, for screen. Yeah, yeah but yeah. V for Vendetta, like, like that's probably the easiest one to adapt. Like, yeah. It, it was that was from the magazine era. Yeah. Um, but even then, like. The movie, movie's fine, but it's, it's not yeah. quite what the comic's about. Yeah, it's not whatever. bad. Yeah. Um, it, they, they, they heavily changed it. But anyway, uh, he would call up the directors and tell them, uh, try to explain to them why they can't make the movie. And they kind of basically explain <laughs> how I explain it. Like, oh, my being like, God. Like, being like, like if you, it, just, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And, like, three directors are like, oh, yeah, he's right. Like, it just, that's, that's how the story works. I just can't do the story. And then Zack Snyder's like. I'm good. Well, I disagree. Appa- apparently, he never called Zack Snyder. Oh, well, that's was, on him was, then. He I was think. in his like hermit era. <laughs> like he was. Yeah, like, oh, a, no. He was in his hermit era. He didn't call anybody. So now we oh, got that. God. Like that Watchmen movie, and now the flood's broken, and we get the awful Watchmen TV show. Yeah. Whoa, God, do I hate that show? Oh, so boy. what? Where do you think the the they missed the mark with the TV show? So you're talking about the big theme of Watchmen is like, who controls you? Who watches the Watchmen? Who watches the Watchmen? So who's watching the cops is basically the idea of like, what is the worldview these people are working on? What is, is it indemn, is it part of all of us to control people or is it just we have structured society that we only care to hear about the people who want to control people? Um, And like uh, Alan Moore's in, I mean, now I'd be curious how he described himself, but definitely at the time of writing Watchmen, he would say, I am an anarchist. Like, I am an actual, factual, conquest of bread-ass anarchist. And the book is about that. Like, the book is about, like, like, what is a world without cops, or have we just broken our psyche so much that we can only imagine a world of cops? Right, like, is there any ethical yeah. power or structure, yeah. basically? And um, then the TV show dares to ask the question of what if some cops are good? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that came out accidentally. Um, all uh, right. Well, As if it's like an equally as complex idea that they're talking about. And then on top of that, I think that this is the one I find kind of the most egregious, but it's the episode that everyone celebrates the most of it, is, is the part where it goes back in time. To the Hooded like, Justice the Hooded one? Justice yeah. One. So Hooded Justice in the comics is a Ku Klux Klan member. And oh, he's like the no. first superhero, and his superheroing oh, no. was uh, protecting the town. No. Can you imagine oh, what he did, no. right? So in the TV show, for some reason, they rewrote it that he's a black man fighting the Klan. But the I, but the reason that Hooded Justice is a Ku Klux Klan member and the first superhero is that the greater idea is that all these superheroes are like super cops. They're white supremacists. Like they like the, the structure of whether they are or not white people. The structure of the police is a white supremacy yes. structure, right? Um, so th- it makes complete sense that the first guy Hooded Justice is the 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 KKK member who took it into his own hands and then was celebrated. Yeah. I mean, and, that makes sense with the history of policing in uh, yeah. North America at the time. Yeah, very yeah, least. yeah. And, like, in, in like, he's directly drawing on, like, that is how policing work. Yeah, yeah. Like, right? And so then, so then they're like, okay, what if it was a black man? <laughs> so we, we fixed racism. Some, we fixed racism, guys. <laughs> what if the main cop was also a black woman and she's just a cop and, a su- and like, the superheroes are cops or something? Uh, it doesn't quite oh, track no. in the Watchmen thing. And it's just kind of her. And then it's like, but also playing, like, similar beats to the to the book where like someone is planning a like a rich in this case a rich woman in the TV show is planning a false flag operation but like I'm like you didn't get what this book's about oh. at all and I, I it is also something where I'm like I've never wanted a sequel to this like I've ne- like no, at no point every Watchmen I finished it I'm like wow there's nothing else I want on this like, you, like there's no yeah. more and I feel like most fans of Watchmen feel the same yet <laughs> we got that TV show and also a ill-conceived comic book called Before Watchmen where it showed where each they had different writer artist teams do like a effectively like a, a, a slim graphic novel like a sub 100 page graphic novel uh, about 
the character, or I said, like, eventually, like, uh, uh, vigilantes are outlawed. Yeah. And it's like, they're, and it's a little stories about these superheroes right before the outlawing. And uh, they're very bad. They are, like, exceptionally bad comics because the thing that, like, Alan Moore was yelling about with, co- with like, how we need to change comics is they did not get the guys who heard that. They did not get the guys. Yeah. They got, <laughs> they got, it was DC in, like, 2012 when, oh, they were, okay, when they were trying to be super edgy. Like, it was, like, New 52 era DC. So it was, like... Jeff Loeb is writing like Night Owl. I'm like, this doesn't make any fucking oh, sense. Oh boy. It's like, what if I punch the sun? I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I mean, I think that's some of this the that stuff is the how things can be antithetical to the concept of the comic to begin with is part of why I think no adaptations of Watchmen work as well. Because like Zack Snyder is the most the shiniest superhero creator of all time. Like yeah. everything he does looks cool. And this was right after 300 that yeah. he did yeah, yeah. this movie. So he like has like, that, uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie, but it has that hilarious speed ramping when they're fighting. Oh my God. Where like, uh, like through great pains, uh, uh, Dave, like I, everyone talks about this book and really talks about Alan Moore, but I think you really get into it. You're like, man, David Gibbons needs his flowers. Oh uh, my God. Yeah. His, because, his like, art is incredible. Because it doesn't look incredible because it's supposed to look like non superhero, non documentary. Like, it's not following, um, in Marvel comics, like the five C's of cinematography. So you read like old Marvel comics, like everyone's kind of like busting out of the frame and it's like very dynamic poses and there's like people standing there, but it still feels very dynamic. And that's a design problem that is like insane, like almost impossible to do. And so the fights in the very few, like maybe like four fights across 12 issues in Watchmen are very realistic depictions of violence and very and like they're not cool. Like it's like a guy like hitting a guy with a tray, and like in the, and then in the movie they're like, well, we got to make this interesting. So it's like a whole like kung fu fight scene. Oh. But it's like in the book, it's like a prison. Like it's a Rorschach yelling at someone trying to like yeah. start a prison riot. You're not supposed yeah. to be like dope. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's meant to be probably stark and graphic and yeah, yeah exactly. And, the, and like like part of like the theme is that like violence is upsetting and, and but like yet. Our entire history of humans is is it's it's the most human thing you can do in a way. Yeah, and we celebrate it for certain people and not for others. Yeah. I would also like to maintain that I truly believe that all of Zack Snyder's movies are thirty minutes long if you take out all the slow motion. I just need <laughs> I, I just need that to be said. <laughs> it, it, they're not full movies; they are short films. So when he releases Snyder cuts, you're like, oh, you, oh, you. Yeah. It was. Uh, I, I got real high and watched the Snyder cut of a. Uh, uh, watch those. I fell asleep. I don't know how much I got through <laughs> of, the, of the Justice League movie. Perhaps the best way to do it. And I couldn't stop laughing at every time Wonder Woman's on screen. It just plays like Middle Eastern wailing. Like, it's so, <laughs> oh, no. it's so funny. Oh, oh Lord. Anyway, okay, wow. that's a different episode that we will certainly do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. So, what is the nerdiest thing you've done in relation to this fandom? Out of curiosity. Um. Uh, I mean, carrying that book around like a nerd forever. <laughs> uh, uh, having I, I've pr- I have three copies of the book, and they're all identical. I don't know why I have three copies. Like I don't like I don't like I don't like the absolute special edition copy. I have three copies of the book. Backups. Uh, no. So here's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to help you here. I have one copy, and then I gave it to a girl, and then we broke up, and then I never got it back. She was like, "Get this!" Oh, you so then I got another right. copy, and then that copy. I read like a bunch of times and kind of got fucked up. And that's the one signed by Dave Gibbons, so I still have it somewhere. Okay, so that's special. And then I lost it <gasps> when I moved. Ugh. And then our friend Christopher Levier for my for Christmas just gave me another copy of Watchmen. He's like, no one should be without their favorite book. And oh, then, so nice. that's so nice. So sweet. My, my baby, my baby, my baby, my baby, my best boy. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, he, and then, almost two weeks after, uh, about my parents' house. And my parents like, we're cleaning out the basement. You got to get rid of your boxes of books. I, I own so many fucking books. I own so many comics and so many books. And I moved a lot. And every time I moved, I just put more boxes in my parents' <laughs> Yeah, like, that's yep. what parents' basements uh, are for. And so I go down there. Problem. And I'm like, that's not that many boxes of books down there. There's like 40 fucking boxes. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, 40, 40 boxes of books. And then like 10 long boxes of comics. Like I, so much, like so many comics, so many books. And so I'm going through it. And then that's where my, and I, I realized, oh, this box I meant to keep. I'm not. Not throw in the basement. Found my Watchmen like two weeks later. So Aww. I had two. So I had two Watchmen's on the shelf for a while, and then we moved them to two different bookshelves because um, people came over and made fun. Of me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like exceptionally nerdy, but it is like notable. It's it's just it's it's like a poor use of my money. And I also know <laughs> that like like so 
uh, uh, Alan Moore wanted the rights to the characters of Watchmen. So they had a, a specific a, agreement and that the reason why he did it at a kind of a reduced rate, because um, he was like a superstar writer at this time, uh, was that when it was out of print, he would be able to get the rights back and then would like, independently publish new Watchmen stories if he wanted to or with the characters. Mm -hmm. Truthfully, I, I don't know. I, I think that I don't know where he would go with those stories if he had them. That being said, in his head, he's like, this is like 1984. It's like, comics go to print all the time. I'll have the rights back in like pff, a year. Ha, joke's on it you is, for being good. It is still in print. That's oh. what you get and for so being people, iconic. Some people also think, like the conspiracy is like, yes, it's a very good comic and everyone likes the comic. But the conspiracy is, is that DC will not back down this like ruse they pulled on Alan Moore and are always just printing Watchmen to <laughs> just make to sure, spite him? just to make sure it never enter, you never the contract never fires. That's oh my god, pretty funny. And yet, and and I'm like, yeah, man, we should stop buying Watchmen. Yet here I am, three, <laughs> three copies, copies deep. <laughs> just still hearing your dad's voice. You done with that book yet? Yeah, I don't. I I like to stick and like like I'm like 17, 16 at this time. I'm like just walking by with like the fucking Watchmen under my arm. My dad's like. Are you serious? Like, he's just like, <laughs> he's like, can't believe it's like there's other books. Like you just you just got we just went to the library. You just got more books. This is my emotional support book. <laughs> so like, oh, I'm gonna solve its riddles. Like what are, you, <laughs> what are you talking about? I shouldn't be able to close my eyes and be able to tell you the names of all the chapters. Like it's and you can't. I've seen you do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've given you page and panel notation yes. for things before. This is your party trick. Yeah. This literally is a conversation we had at a party. I pl I played in a band briefly called Old. Ghosts named after the chapter, oh God, I can't remember, chapter six? Now's your moment. Now's your moment. <laughs> prove, prove it. <laughs> um, no, that's incredible. Okay, well, I think it's time to jump into some hot takes. Now, please note that I took these hot takes from the internet knowing nothing about Watchmen. I've, I I was worried what your hot takes were going to be because it, either I heavily am going to agree with them or I'm be like, you're the problem with comics. Amazing. <laughs> that's the point so of a hot take, So these are mostly baby. from Reddit. Oh, um, it's going to be you're the problem with comics. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, so the Watchmen movie is better than people give it credit for. I will still say the graphic novel is a tighter package, but the movie did improve a few things, no. most notably making Silk Spectre 2 actually a competent fighter as opposed to just the female one. Oh, sorry. So that's actually from one of our listeners on Discord. Oh, God. Uh, I don't think you get the point of Silk Spectre. Because, okay, so, so Silk Spectre, I barely, I mostly talk about its place, like Watchmen's place in comics history, not so much about the story. So go give it a read. Good book. But, uh, <laughs> it is very worth reading. It is, is an excellent book. Um, Hot I, I would also say, actually, here's my general reading guide, uh, if you're reading Watchmen, is that the first three chapters are very confusing, but you will click into what's happening once you start getting like, through, like chapters four, five, in six. I gotta say, okay, so this is just my general comment on popular culture and things that people create. Every single show anyone ever tells anyone to watch, any single book, it's like, okay, well, just ignore the, you just have oh, to no, get it, through the first time. Okay, it, it, but no, sometimes no, it's true. No, 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 but it's always true. It's what? always true. Everyone, get better at starting my, your no, no, story no, hot. I, I would say it's like, they're very entertaining chapters, but I could, a thousand percent, like, they are dropping things and putting things down that, like, don't make any goddamn sense at this moment. Got it. And that's on purpose. Like yeah. it's, it's it's supposed to be like like drawing you into the world and like be like, what is that? Nixon's still president? Like what's happening? Yeah. Like yeah, it's yeah. like that is like part of the 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 reason that it works. But I'm just like, I've know people who've been like, because <laughs> everything, your problem, everyone's like, oh, it must be entertaining from the jump. I must be a thousand percent into it. I'm like, yeah, we have the no things attention you span. the things you really like. You gotta work a little bit to get yeah, in there. Yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, uh, back to your Silk Spectre thing. Uh, I do think, I'm question the parts. I do think you're right. The the movie is maligned pretty heavily for what it does well, which I think like there's a lot of stuff. Where I'm like, ah, it's not like I rewatched it relatively recently. I was like, the, first of all, the intro, the opening title scene is like, like oh, I'm like, like this movie might not be bad, and that like it kind of understands how to like use the film medium in the same yeah. way to achieve something in the comics. Medium did. It had the right feeling off the jump. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like tonally. Yeah, and there's like some stuff I'm like, oh, you did like a really good job of adapting this thing. Yeah. I don't think it had needed to exist, but that's a different discussion. Uh, the point of Silk Spectre, uh, the fact she is the quote unquote woman of the group is kind of the point. Like it's yeah. kind of like, like again, like if you think of it, like 
these the analogy of like these are cops, they're not superheroes. Yeah, yeah. you're not supposed to like. You're, these not, you're not supposed to like these people. There's a reason they're all white. Um, uh, is is uh, that like Silk Spectre is kind of always in danger, and her missions from the other things are like not really her fighting and not really like like the, anytime they reference it, it's like mostly her like showing up and like being the Silk Spectre, and that she is doing what her mom forced her to do, which she and that her mom did. Uh, which was effectively using this as like a jumping off for an acting career or a modeling career. Mm. And that it's like her using the power structures and being and imposing the power structures to try and elevate herself as like a method of protection. But if she didn't have it, she would end up like her mom is now, who's like chain smoking in Florida. Um, and uh, uh, so like to make her a good fighter, I think like kind of misses the point. Because oh. the point is, is that like she is trying to, like she is not a good fighter. She does, she should not be there. It's very dangerous for her to be there. Um, and then on top of that is like, because she, her acting career didn't really take off or it did and then kind of goes away, is like her protection is being with Dr. Manhattan, someone who's not even human and has like lost all humanity and she will not get an emotional connection from him. And like, uh, uh, but it's her protection. It's her like finding protection. Like she need like that's like I think it's a very interesting thing. I'll argue. I, like, I'll I'll give you that. Like yo, it's like two white British nerds in the eighties being like the plight of womenhood is like this. Like it's not perfect. Yeah. It's not a nuanced. <laughs> it's, 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 take, it's not perhaps. the most nuanced take. Yeah. But it's like I, I I think it does a good job of expressing what I think it's trying to express. And I don't think making her a a a good fighter, I think that undercuts the expression of that. Yeah, it like, I mean, I, I do understand what this person's saying and why. I do also feel like it could fall into that, like, if we give a woman a sword, they're strong kind of situation, yeah. too. It's like, yeah. yeah, that's not. I also think, um, like, someone being good at fighting or being a better fighter as a superhero is the same thing that Alan Moore is like, why are we talking about that? Mm. <laughs> this guy can't get hard. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not quite the point of the book. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to keep on the theme of the movie uh, for a second. Uh, this one is, Zack Snyder is not smart enough to understand Watchmen and therefore his film adaptation is fundamentally broken. Yeah. Great. Hot, hot I don't think he's... I, I think Zack Snyder... Is, this is my hot take. I think Zack Snyder is a talented filmmaker as a like technician mm. yep but they give but his taste is so dumb and he was one of the writers on this like there was a team of three writers yeah I mean any movie that big there's gonna have yeah. a yeah. bunch of writers fighting for credit but he's not just director he is one yeah of the yeah writers. yeah um and so I so like but like I don't know he clearly didn't get it like the one thing, the thing I think about a lot is the end of the movie is different than the end of the comic. Where the yes. end of the comic, Ozymandias drops the alien on New York, and uh, Doctor Manhattan's still on Mars, and he's like given up on humanity. Yeah. Um, one of the other hot takes is that the movie ending's better than the comic ending. No. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not shocking that but, that would be but, a take. <laughs> but I, but so like the reason of like, like the reason of like the dropping the fake alien is. Alan Moore kind of making a joke about how we treat comics and how we treat like comic stories that like that like these people who are the cops bought into a story of a superhero or in their in the, the particular case of these ones is people who were superheroes before them who bought into the like, superhero comics uh, to become these vigilantes who bought into I mean some of them bought into racism bought into like mm. <laughs> okay uh, and it's like but they bought into that story and thought they were doing something good with that story and so the uh, in a reality where that's true, the person who cares about the comic, like bought in, the, bought in so hard, their solution, of course, is the most comic booky ass solution. Right. And then, so the movie is a movie. Um, so the idea of like what is the like movie ass solutions or the comic booky ass solution is to make it this like Doctor Manhattan false flag gets tricked kind of thing. I'm like, that's eh, not like I, you got it enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, like that works slightly. I don't like it, but it works. Like, <laughs> right, like you're, it works for this you're, purpose. You're playing with the same materials that the comic is playing in your different medium, mm -hmm. um, but not no. quite. No, I, 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 I like the the to my friend's theory on it because we saw it together when it came out. My friend's theory was like, I think they hope it's going to go great and be very popular, and they're going to do Watchmen two, mm. and it's. 
the story, and it's people who believe in Doctor, because in, in the movie, Doctor Manhattan is like kind of the scapegoat instead of the alien. And Doctor Manhattan is going to go live on Mars anyway, and he's like, bah, who cares? Uh, uh, but they're going to make people who bought into the story of Doctor Manhattan mm. uh, be like the bad guys. And uh, because, so the last page of the comic, Rorschach is keeping this journal the whole time and eventually goes to Antarctica to see Ozymandias, where, Oz, where Ozymandias like reveals his plan. But in the journal would be a line that, uh, I can't remember the exact fucking line, but would, would give away that like Ozymandias has planned this event. And he sends it to the New Republic, which is the right-wing newspaper he loves. Or not the, the New Republic, it's the real right-wing newspaper. I can't remember. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, 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 the New Frontiersman, sorry. Um, uh, he sends it to them, and the last page is like, they need something extra for the for the issue and it's like just dig through the slush pile dig through the, and the intern's just digging through the slush pile and pulls out the journal and it's like oh this could be interesting let's publish this and so and like that's how it ends you never yeah. see if they publish it or not and then the idea is like would you publish it uh, like in the in the before it like the cold war is over the threat of nuclear war is gone a lot of people died do you would you publish it to, to then bring the cold war back God. Does it give justice for New York? So like that kind of element is uh, slightly missing from the movie. Like I, I do think they they, they right. do they do that scene, but they have someone to blame in Doctor Manhattan. God, so it doesn't really like yeah Doctor Manhattan did it. Like who cares? It doesn't yeah. it doesn't it doesn't give you that question of censorship. It doesn't gotcha. give the question of of um, of like what is the most honest way? Like it, like like would you do it? Is kind of the question it's asking, and it's like if you you can go through and be all high and mighty and be like, oh, I'll never be a cop, I'll never do any of these things. Uh, I've always had the best interest. Like, well, do you actually? Because yeah. you can't change the past; it already happened. Yeah. Would you start the Cold War again? <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah. Well, that's so, appropriately heavy. For so, that, that's, that, that's, so that that's my like major reason why I'm like it doesn't. I don't think it's a better ending. I think it's a more logical ending to a movie audience in, yeah. 20, in, in like the 2000s than a comic book, uh, the, the ending in the comic book in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, it's a different world. It's a different Yeah, world. yeah. But I, I think like what it, the, the last twist of it, it is now impossible. I think the last twist is like very important to the story. In right. Right. I Puts have, the onus on the reader. Yeah. Final hot take that I have. Alan Moore is an egomaniac whose reputation no. exceeds his talent. No. Watchmen is profound when you're 17, no. but sort of obvious and pedantic to a more critical reader. No. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Alan Moore, I think, is, is maybe one of... I think, I think he's a really smart writer. I think the, the, the people who call him an egomaniac or pedantic or any of that, I don't know. I, I, I find those... I don't know what logic they work off, because to me... Uh, He's really a guy who puts his money where his mouth is. Yeah. He's like, oh, like I like he does it honestly. And he makes a living. He made a living on his words and he chooses to live out in the country. And he doesn't want to like he, He's not he, quote unquote selling out to yeah, the machine he, to make this. He, he's 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 he keeps it on like he stays honest. Keeps with it, it real. Keeps it honest. I mean, like, yeah, you get a pro like I don't know, like I didn't like Lost Girls and I, I don't think how <laughs> and that's that's a very uh, dicey proposition. Uh, with Lost Girls, uh, and there's like, so, like some of his later stuff I don't love, but, but I don't know. Like it's really esoteric and really like no one else is cares about these things he cares about. No one else writes about what these things he writes about, and uh, I think there's very few creatives who I'd say are like truly left wing and writing about stuff, but not writing. A lot of like fucking everything you read or write, or everything you read or watch now, is hitting you over the goddamn head with like yeah. what it's actually about. They yeah. want to get like as as it needs to be as fast and edible as possible. Yeah, and then there's no way to Digestible. misinterpret it. Yeah, and there's no way to pit those questions on you. Well, because we're in a weird morality uh, uh, war right now. Yeah, culturally speaking. Yeah, and I think like. I don't know, I think that sucks. I don't think it's interesting to read. Yeah. And I and and so the people who are mad at him, I I, I don't I don't quite get it. Like what does he owe you? I also uh, <laughs> I also really wonder if we can ever have a clear vision of what Watchmen is considering how ubiquitous it has become. 
Um, because like, I think it's easy to read it now and be like, oh, I've seen all these themes before, yeah. you know, and not like, oh, I watched The Boys. I get it. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and not really understand just, I mean, like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people understand it in that context, but I think just like what it did at the time is still pretty remarkable. Yes. And I think also, um, uh, uh, like the boys, I would argue misses the point. Like the boys like misses the point. It, 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 it's playing with the same fire, but I don't think it, Yeah, I don't, I, I, it misses it. And like, that's fine. And like, I don't know. Um, I don't know, I'm not going to double down on that. <laughs> <laughs> this is not about the boys. It's yeah. about Watchmen. I, I, I don't have those that big a deep a thought of the boys. Other than I love, oh, do I love where you're on Twitter and someone's like, I like the TV show The Boys, which is like, I've watched this, it. entertaining. I like it. Uh, I like the TV show The Boys. I'm going to read the comic, and then it's like four oh, hours no. later, a tweet like, this is the worst thing I've ever read in my life. <laughs> <laughs> They're very different. Um, last but not least, do you have any hot takes? Any final, final word? Um, I don't know what my hot take would be. I I I think my hot take is Rorschach is genuinely very funny to me. And that no one finds it funny because he's like just this dark brooding. The 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 thing I find very funny is issue one, he breaks into Night Owl's house and is just eating cold beans oh, out of the yeah, can. Oh yeah, that's funny. <laughs> well, he cold beans, like has his like mask pulled up and eating cold beans in the can and and like he's broken in the house and he's like, I, you didn't have to break in. <laughs> you can heat up the beans. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have a kid. We're friends. <laughs> you can call me. It's like, don't need to use the phone. I'm like, oh, jeez. Yeah. I, I think Rorschach's very funny. Is my hot take. He's like desperately grimdark in a way that like yeah, yeah. is is too much and unnecessary. <laughs> and then everyone just comments on how he smells. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, it's so funny to me. Like, I think that's like genuine. And like, and he's so self important. And like, and then chooses to die. Like, like at the yeah. very end, Doctor Manhattan, uh, like Doctor Manhattan kills him and he Doctor Manhattan doesn't care. Like, it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's the OG edgelord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's why I th when I think of Watchmen, I'm just like, oh, it's a bunch of edgelords. Oh, it's it's kind of like an anti-edgelord thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's I, sending I, up edgelords. I, 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 I hit at the beginning. It's even in the added layer of him making fun of. So Steve Ditko is the original artist of Spider-Man who's a libertarian, like an out-and-out libertarian, could not have a more different political philosophy than Alan Moore, could not have a more different political outlook than Watchmen. Um, and he created the question, uh, which, so all these characters, all the Watchmen characters, was DC got, um, oh, fuck, what was the, some old comics thing, and there's like different, like Blue Beetle is from it, and like they, they bought this old comics company, I believe it was Malibu Comics, can't remember, and they got all these characters, and one of them was, uh, Oh, see the question or Steve Kiko's spin off of the question who is just a edgelord who like solves problems and is libertarian and Alan Moore spends so many issues just shitting on him. <laughs> 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 so, that's so funny. Oh, I love knowing those context <laughs> things. All right. Well, at the end of every episode, we like to share our micro fandoms of the week, which we will do in just a moment. But before we do, we have some other ways that you can connect with us. So you can find us on social media at Fandom Show Pod or at our website, thefandomshow.com. Uh, please tell all of your nerdiest friends about us, please. And if you could get on your podcast provider of choice, principally Apple Podcasts, do a little rate, review, subscribe, leave a little one sentence review or one word review. It can like be anything you want. Edgelord. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, Five that, stars, Edgelord. Five stars, Edgelord. <laughs> yeah. No, wait. Actually, now that I think about it, don't leave that. That'll make this podcast sound different. <laughs> uh, five stars, uh, we don't want Edgelords. I don't know. You, you know can what? think of you it. Write, You're creative. You, you do what you want. Anyway, the point is even a one-sentence review really helps us move up in the charts, and that way we can have more fans and fan fans and uh, explore all of the uh, subcultures there are. Uh, as we mentioned off the top, uh, we do have a Patreon, which is at patreon.com forward slash the fandom show where you can get a little uh, shout out. We want to shout out uh, one of our new patrons, Danielle Peralta. Thank you so much for subscribing uh, and for listening. Uh, we really so appreciate you. And we're fans of you. That's true. Uh, we also have merch. If you head on over to thefandomshow.tpublic.com, you can get our faces on your favorite things like shirts, mugs, more uh, notebooks, whatever you want. All sorts of things. Our faces could be on it. Um, you can find us on the From Superheroes Discord where you can meet other fans or hit us up directly. And our theme song is by Yusu Kim and our logo is by John Blair. And now for our micro fandoms. Real quick, Steph, what are you fanning out about this week? Oh, man. A former guest of the show, Andrew Wheeler, uh, fabulous uh, comics uh, writer, 
Um, recently, we host trivia uh, twice a month in Toronto, uh, Nerd Trivia, and he made a, di- a Lego diorama of me and Kaya at Stormcrow Manor hosting trivia with like so many little tiny like Easter eggs in it and just... I'm obsessed with that he spent so much time and energy into recreating this little tiny corner of the world so beautifully. Uh, and I can't get over it. It's, it's so cool. It's so cool. Kai, what are you nerding about? Um, I have just started watching the new season of Black Mirror. Um, I can't come down one way or another on whether it's uh, good or not at this point. But I will say that I had that I have enjoyed the two episodes that I have seen. Um, and I forgot exactly what it was like to get punched in the nose with existential dread the way that Black Mirror does it specifically. Um, there's the ending of one episode that I was like, oh, yeah, right, this show. <laughs> um, and I may maybe in our Patreon letter I'll, I'll get more into it. But uh Oh, it's it's nice nice and also awful to have you back, Black Mirror. <laughs> uh, Alex, what are you fanning well, out about? Steph stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. You're getting a Lego diorama next. <laughs> no, it's just your Lego diorama. Don't <laughs> you touch uh, it. Uh, oh, are you breaking into our house again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Eating your beans. <laughs> eating your beans. <laughs> um, uh, uh, my my microphone. If you talk to me next week, I probably will be like, well, whatever. But it's just Pikmin. I've been playing Pikmin. Nice. I got, oh. the, I got, the re- got the re-release of Pikmin one and two. I played them when they're on the GameCube. Uh, those games are so punishing. I love it. I love I love it. They're the most punishing games because you just turn around and then all your Pikmin are dead. You're like, yep. oh no, yep. <laughs> just so many Pikmin genocides. Oh, Lemmings no. Plus. You I know. just I just finished uh, number one and I'm on number two and I played number three when it came out a while or came on the Switch a while ago uh, in preparation for number four coming out. Ooh, Alex, thank you so much for being here. Where can people find you? Anything you want to plug? Uh, you follow the Disaster Show on Instagram at the Disaster Show. You can follow me at just underscore uh, underscore turd uh, <laughs> yep. on Instagram. Just or, a turd. Yep. Or on Twitter at Alex Kalenko, and that's that's those are my places. Amazing! Thank you so much for being here. And till next time, love the things you love and tell everyone about them. Bye. Bye. The Phantom Show. The Fandom Show is produced by Andrew Ivamy as part of the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as webcomics, articles, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.